This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's ODB, and I want to thank our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Productions, for the continued support. Please join us next year at Scraping the Coast. Go to scrapingthecoast.com for more information. The 21st annual event is going to be held June 23rd through the 25th in Biloxi, Mississippi, at the famed Coliseum. Again, scrapingthecoast.com for more information. We'll be out there. We love what the team is doing with this amazing show. They also have their next event under the Custom Car Show Production umbrella, along with Keg Media, which is going to be Orange Beach Invasion. You can go to orangebeachinvasion.com, and of course, you'll see that the uh, all vehicle registrations do require approval. It's March 24th through the 26th of 2023, arguably the best venue in the country for a car and truck show. Come on out, Orange Beach Invasion, March 24th through the 26th. Let's jump into this episode. Yo, 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 it's ODB from OLP. This is episode 319 of the podcast. We appreciate everyone that continues to come back and rock with us every week. This episode, we're going to talk kind of our annual Christmas special. So we'll talk about Christmas, talk about some of the good old days, and I will bake in a short segment on the chronic 30th anniversary. If you follow us in social media, you know that yesterday was the 30th anniversary, so 12-15 of Nine Deuce. So back in 1992, The Chronic, the first album on Death Row Records, dropped. You know, typically, I think the last, this might be, this might make three out of four years. I've kind of done an annual episode talking about The Chronic, so we'll hit more on that later. I do want to thank our last couple of guests for coming on, Charles Wickman, a lot of great feedback. I've heard people loud and clear, hey, get him back on. I know he's got more notes, more stories. The guy was in a lot of the right places at the right time, but he's just a true enthusiast. So, Charles, again, thanks for coming on. Steve Butts, as well, previous guest. We had a one-two punch there. A lot of great stories, a lot of great people. So, thanks, guys, for coming on. But this episode, we are planning to uh, talk Christmas. So, I'll talk, um, you know, a couple things. We're going to link up with... um, uh, a real solid guest, uh, Jeff Kelly. So uh, he's a he's just a, a, an awesome listener and uh, just a, a big supporter. And we'll talk Christmas, a little bit of a Christmas story uh, tie-in, which I think is going to be cool. So, you know, he had exchanged some comments with me, and I was like, yo, we got to get you on. And, again, this is going to be our Christmas special. Kind of gives us a couple weeks before the actual, eh, about a week and a half before the actual Christmas holiday and you know, not everyone's able to keep up with these every single week, so possibly this will allow people to kind of get caught up. And uh, the next two episodes, we do have kind of earmarked for content already. As we fishtail into 2023, we're getting excited, but we're going to keep it legal, right? Now, I do want to thank Hammered Weekend Wear for sponsoring the episode overview Right now, they're going through their open enrollment, so if you want to get in on the 2023 prices and obtain every single one of their shirts, you can do so. Head over to H-A-M-M-E-R-D, WeCanWear.com. That's hammered with a D, WeCanWear.com. 
I know the date is starting to near that for the cutoff for deliveries for Christmas. So uh, please, if you can, visit Hammered Weekend Wear. Show them some love, good people. So uh, next up, let's talk Christmas. So this episode will be a little bit different. Again, if you're new to our podcast, certainly hope that you go back and listen to other episodes. You know, being that we've been around for seven and a half years, we're very regimented on what we do and the content. But this week, yeah, it'll be a little bit loose because we are doing our annual Christmas special. And I would, uh, as we talk Christmas, I would just ask yourself, you know, what's the meaning of Christmas to you? You know, as a child, my parents just did the the best they could for us, and it was always great. My parents were two kind of blue-collar, good kinfolk, mom, waitressing, dad working for the phone company. And the money that they were able to just kind of put away and get the toys for us and things like that really just meant the world to us. They certainly had us convinced Santa was crawling down the chimney uh, or through the window. Uh, you know, I remember just kind of opening the door as a kid and seeing the G.I. Joes, the freestyle bike. You know, my first couple bikes were hand-me-downs. The go-kart that I think was technically a hand-me-down, but it looked brand new to us. You know, they, they just always did so much for us. And I kind of it brings me back to, you know, what is the real meaning of Christmas to you? Uh, many believe different things. So we'll kind of leave that where it is. But I would think that we would all agree that Christmas is for the kids. And not just for the kids. It's for the family as well. And, of course, it's not just for the family and the kids. It also is for friends. So this holiday season, I'd encourage you guys, you know, reach out to maybe someone you haven't spoken with in a while. Maybe someone you haven't even seen eye to eye with for whatever reason. You know, put the past behind you. Move on to greener pastures. Let the person know that you appreciate them, right? I know sometimes friendships, you know, kind of get broken over the course of time or maybe people misunderstood something and things like that. And I would just encourage you, what I'm trying to do is, you know, just reach out to people. Maybe someone you haven't talked to in a while. Say, what up? I'm checking in on you. I've got some really good friends that will certainly check in on me and say, hey, man, it's a real homie check-in. Just want to see how you're doing, what's up, anything on your mind. And that's always a good feeling when you got friends that do that. So, again, you know, having that outreach to your friends and people that mean a lot to you, maybe it's even family or coworkers, certainly do that. I'll summarize and say this, that, you know, in my own life, you know, as we start to move into 2023 and with New Year's resolutions and you kind of tie that into, you know, the Christmas holiday season, I'm doing the best I can not to get caught up in any kind of BS or gossip talk and things like that. And although I feel like I put, you know, this into motion a few years ago, I think I'm just really realizing it now that it's just so much, um, you know, better for me, you know, not to be caught up in, in some of the, the, uh, the stuff that really doesn't pertain to me, you know, the, the stuff where, you know, other guys out there in the truck scene, you know, they don't see eye to eye or this guy doesn't like this guy and whatever, you know, that's, that's irrelevant to me. You know, that's not my problem. So, you know, I look at it and say this, you know, if somebody's like, yo man, you know, check this out, you know, so-and-so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I don't even want to hear it. They're like, really? No, man, let me tell you this. I'm like, nah, don't don't really want to hear it, and when you know people are like, "Hey, let me show you this screenshot, man. You won't believe this." And hey, I, I'm I'm focused on me. I'm focused on positivity. And even if someone, maybe there's someone that over the course of time I didn't see eye to eye with, and someone's like, "Yeah, you believe this? You know this guy, this and that." You know what I say? Hey, I've seen a lot of good that the person's done. You know, and I know Ice T will often tweet things like this. You know, the the, the people will say 
the one bad thing maybe that's happened or you know something that's you know that transpired versus the you know the hundred good things that you've done and I don't want to be that person of going yo you know you believe this guy man you know this one time he did this and he probably didn't even know what he was doing but he did it and it was kind of messed up dude that's not my place so again I'm feeling better about where I'm at in 2022 as I fishtail into 2023. The other thing I would encourage you to do is as you start to think about, some of you are big on the New Year's resolutions. Stop for a minute and do your best to make goals that are attainable, okay? In my opinion, and I've read about this, you know, don't just say, hey, cold turkey, I'm going to do one, two, three, because the whole cold turkey thing doesn't work for all of us, Okay. Some of you, absolutely, I've done some things in my life where I'm like, I'm never going to do that again. You know, I, I'm going to stop drinking soda. And it was like, boom, for the most part, having drink soda, maybe a rum and Coke, you know, over the course of time. But a couple things in life I have been able to manage, cold turkey, boom, done, not going to do it again. One of those things, believe it or not, you guys probably won't believe me, in the late 90s, every time I ate a Taco Bell, my stomach hurt. And I said, I will never eat at Taco Bell again. And motherfuckers probably didn't believe me. And I'm not making this up. It's probably been, I don't remember the exact year, 98, 99 for sure. Dude, 20 plus years have not eaten or drank anything at Taco Bell just because that's that's what I do, right? But I mean this with all seriousness, you know, make goals that are attainable. You know, don't just be like, yo, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm not going to use, you know, one credit card or I'm not going to do this because, you know, when you, when you do those things and you, and you make those goals that maybe aren't easily attainable, you kind of you kind of fall off the ship and then you go, you know what, screw it. I'm not worried about that anyways. You know, make these goals, stair-step them. And I think as you do that and you get into 2023, you're going to find it's, it's a great thing. Uh, I'm doing some of those things myself even, even before the New Year's resolution, you know, trying to cut back on this and trying to do this more. So, I say all that. Let me bring it back to what is the meaning of Christmas. And I would say this. That's up to you, my friends. But like Biggie said, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. And you can replace Brooklyn with anything. You know, again, I think there's a lot of good people out there, especially in our truck scene. And I'm focusing on the positive aspect of it. Not everybody's perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. And, uh, you know, there's always going to be some beefs out there. There's always going to be some people that may not see eye to eye. I'm not contain. I'm not associating myself with that stuff. I'm staying positive. I'm doing the podcast. I'm keeping the pedal stopped. Even when Miggity Mike, the mayor, and Shannon, Mrs. Mayor, are out gallivanting, but for good reason. It is Shannon's born day today, the thirteenth. So happy born day, Shannon. Big ups, Miggity Mike. You guys have a good time. But I say all that. Christmas is a great time of year. I would encourage you guys spend time with your friends and family. I'm trying to put down my phone a little bit more, maybe schedule a post here and there and not be so consumed with what's in this little screen on my pocket, but just getting out there and living. This week, I had a chance to go to Bush Gardens for the Christmas time with the family, and it was cool. None of us were on our phones. Uh, I think I checked a couple th- quick things, but you know, for the most part, weren't on our phones. We also just saw all kinds of people out there having a good time, taking selfies, you know, people going, hey, I can take that photo for you. Oh, cool. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You know, it's it's just the it's the great part of life, you know, the aspect that that I really love and I want to get back to that, you know. And I'm going to stop focusing on on bullshit and beef 
And when people bring that shit my way, I say F-O-H. And you guys know what that means. F out of here. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that stuff in my realm. I'm going to keep it positive and uh, keep pushing forward. So that's uh, the Christmas talk, (laughs) believe it or not, for this week. And it is brought to you by the fine folks at Lone Star Throwdown. Uh, Visit LoneStarThrowdown.com to find out more information. Now, here's the thing. Although we're going to be in Conroe for the biggest, baddest truck show in the galaxy, about 72 days away from the time of this recording, just know that you can still get in the front gates. It's only 20 bucks for a spectator band. And guess what? That's a weekend pass for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., LoneStarThrowdown.com. Listen, come out. They've got indoor spots. They've got outdoor you might have to bundle up. You just never know what the weather is going to be. But I tell you what, we always have an amazing time there in Conroe, Texas. We hope to see you guys out there. Now, I mentioned Jeff Kelly. We are going to link up with him just in a little while. We're going to talk more Christmas with him. But I wanted to bring this up next. Think about this. What were some of your favorite toys growing up? This month, I think you're going to start seeing me on social media at least the week leading up to Christmas. I'm going to go back to doing what I've done in the past Other 80s pages have been doing this as well, but I'm going to post some nostalgic stuff, whether it be old Toys R Us ads, maybe some old videos for commercials for toys that were highly sought after or things that bring back our childhood memories. And for me, G.I. Joe was the stuff, and I love that now that some of the anniversaries, I think the 40th anniversary was the last one maybe this year, we're starting to see some of the stuff kind of reproduced, but there's nothing like the originals. I watch a lot of YouTube channels. I guess I follow a lot of YouTube channels. I haven't had as much time lately to watch the stuff, but you know these guys that collect and they've got every toy and every box never opened and every guy and every package, just insane to me. But you know, growing up, GI Joes were my main go-to. When my parents went to Walmart, I could easily convince them to spend the two seventy-eight, three bucks, maybe four bucks, whatever it was. It was very cheap, very cost effective to go say, yo, mom, Duke, yo, pops, can I please get a new GI Joe? So that was my jam for years. I had a good amount of the vehicles. I loved He-Man as well. I remember my aunt buying me the Castle of Grayskull, which they recently re-released that stuff. And I tell you what, if you guys love the 80s and 90s as much as I do, you have to appreciate, even if you're not a collector, even if you go, you know, I'm not going to buy the stuff or I got no room for it or whatever the deal is. To me, I didn't buy the Castle of Grayskull. I kind of wanted to, but I looked at it and said, man, that brings back a lot of memories, you know, 83, 84, 85, whatever it was, getting that stuff. And again, going back to my, my mom and pops, rest in peace to my dad, dude, they gave us the best childhood. And although we didn't have the most money, we didn't even know. We just had fun. We lived on a lake. We had a huge yard. We just did the dang thing. And G.I. Joe's were my jam. Now, bikes were also a big thing in the 80s, and that's why I love bikes so much. Shout out to Sean from Rad BMX Builds. I love what he's doing in his social media. I think he's at 100,000 followers now. He also is out there on YouTube giving people tips for how not to get scammed with these bike deals. But my first two bikes were uh, hand-me-downs. I had a Huffy that was that weighed like 1,000 pounds, it felt like. We used to jump it with this little ramp that we had. My dad brought home a Mongoose, which, again, was a hand-me-down. I loved it, loved the movie Rad, all that great stuff. And then eventually I got a freestyle bike, which I can't find any photos of. My parents did take a lot of photos, and I can't find a photo of 
I know one exists. I remember seeing it as a kid, but there's a photo somewhere of a dark blue bike with black mags. I don't remember what kind of bike it was, but I got to find that photo. But those were some of the things I loved growing up. And then, of course, you kind of got to the mid to the late 80s, and the Nintendo Entertainment System really uh, gained steam. That was one thing I talked my parents into getting maybe around fourth grade is what I remember. I do remember going and buying it. I still remember opening the box. I remember going, how are we hooked this up? And I was like, yo, we had that little coax that you screwed into the back of the TV and it had that little RF deal and you had to like flip the little thing one way or the other and it like flipped the signal (laughs) from our cable to, I guess, the little US, or not USB, but the uh, RCAs. And boom, that's what we had. The funniest thing was, we got the Nintendo, we had Duck Hunt, we had Mario Brothers, but my parents were not the parents that would buy us games. You know, those games were, I'd go to Walmart and look in that Nintendo display case, $39.99. And I think over the course of time, they maybe bought like two games. They bought Excite Bike, I think, for one of my birthdays. They bought uh, Skater Die. I convinced them, I think, to buy the original Skater Die and maybe Rad Racer. But all the other stuff was always trading and borrowing, okay? That was the stuff back then. You trade them, you borrow them, you switch them, you switch them back. Love some RC Pro-Am, all that good stuff. But I'll tell you this. I love looking back at the old uh, Toys R Us ads. Also, when I was a kid, we'd get the JCPenney ads, and I'd look at all the G.I. Joe stuff. So I tell you, it's crazy to see what people collect. People have this stuff. They have the photos of it. And to me, although I can't collect all this stuff now, you know, I'm on to bigger, better things, mini trucks, Lincolns, uh, maybe some rap CDs and records, it is still cool to really look back at the nostalgia. And um, one of my favorite pages recently, I want to give them a shout out, uh, is nothing to do with trucks. Uh, it's a lot of 80s stuff. And... If you go on Instagram and type in VHS, yeah, VHS, it's VHS underscore toys, uh, 60,000 followers, lots of cool stuff. And I tell you what, like VHS tapes, all that stuff brings me right back. And people are collecting this stuff, stuff that we were throwing away, literally going, who wants VHS? DVDs are out now, but it's all back, you know, it's all back, it's awesome, I need to find me a good VHS player, I mean, Mike's laughing, I'm trying to collect all this stuff, I got cassettes here, VHS, I need a damn Betamax player, I got some laser discs, Mike, too, he doesn't even know what those things are, but think about this, what are some of your favorite toys growing up, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a post on Facebook in our Airhead Nation group, and try to get you guys to chime in there, what were some of the things that you just had to have, you know, the big wheels were huge, slip and slides were all the rage when I was a kid, but really the G.I. Joes, that was my main thing. And I know many of you were big Transformer heads. I know those things were huge. My neighbor was. I didn't really ever have many Transformers, but I know Transformers are more than meets the eye, and I don't think Mike knows that. You know what I'm saying? Favorite toys growing up? This segment is brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. If you want to put a photo or artwork on a skate deck, hit up Joey Dilworth. If you go on Instagram, type in Get Decked, you'll see Get Decked VA. That's Joey Dilworth. He's also on Facebook. Send him a direct message. He also has launched his own merchandise. But certainly all of the skate decks that we've gotten from uh, him have come under uh, him putting those together in conjunction with the artwork from Graphic Disorder. 
Now, I do want to let you guys know the skate decks are slated to uh, ship out early this coming week. There was a mix-up in the shipping. We apologize, and Mike is going to get those out hopefully early this coming week. I think he said on Monday. I know it's cutting it close for Christmas, and we apologize, but I did want to let you guys know that. Okay, since Jeff is going to come on a little bit later, I want to talk maybe some trivia with Jeff. I want to talk more Christmas stuff as well, but I do want to cover some of the scene updates. So uh, here's a few things that, that I want to really reinforce. So I, I did notice the other day that the, the gentleman uh, passed away that started Rockford Fosgate, and the OG Magnum had shared this. I had not uh, seen it. Uh, again, I know I'm not on social media maybe as much as some of you guys are, so uh, I kind of had, had had not seen that. But OG Magnum, who we've had on before, yes, you can go back or Google that episode and find it. He reposted it from Bangin' Bros, and it was saddened to hear of the passing yesterday of a true car audio legend, Jim Fosgate. He was a self-taught son of a television and radio repairman. Respects Jim invented the first car amplifier in 1973 and founded Fosgate Electronics, now called Rockford Fosgate. Another cool fact is in 2003, Jim Fosgate won an Emmy Award for the development of surround sound for television. You can't ignore the contributions of Mr. Fosgate blessed our world with car audio. And that was OG Magnum. Uh, Again, a repost from Bangin' Bros, which they have 148,000 followers. So rest in peace. That was a big update uh, in our scene. The next big one, which is breaking news, is uh, congratulations to Pascal, uh, a great guy. I last slapped hands with him probably at Lone Star Throwdown. And I uh, always give him his praise. I, I, I do. I, I firmly believe in that. And uh, he, uh, Pascal, he goes by, of course, the Instagram username dog ate my username, just how it sounds. Uh, he did sell the Stranger Ford Ranger to a Brett Hunsaker. So Brett, if I remember correctly, is Relaxed702 on Instagram. He also had a bagged, or still might have, a bagged Tesla. But uh, what I thought was pretty cool was he says, that's right, I can't believe it myself. Christmas came early for me. Pascal was gracious enough to let me acquire the uh, this iconic truck. When I first started to look for a mini truck, I had a very small list. Then I showed my wife this truck, and she said, when he told her it might be available, she said she liked it the best. That gave me the green light for a go. And uh, really just a, a truly iconic truck. I think it more deserves more credit than it's even gotten. And that, that's saying a lot because it has gotten a lot of great praise, but I mean that with all respect. I know uh, this truck really should have been, in my opinion, on the, the cover of mini trucking. But by the, I think the time didn't align correctly with the magazine going out of business, unfortunately. So that was a very unfortunate thing. But I know Slammed Mag featured it. Uh, so those are the photos that Brett had shared. And also, the other key thing is it was on the cover of the West Coast Influence. And if you guys didn't know, Radar produced a mini truck film, which you can go to minitruckfilm.com and buy uh, the copy of the Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, so check it out. And uh, congratulations to both the seller and the buyer. An amazing truck, one of the most iconic, uh, and possibly, as everybody always uses, the emoji, like I do for Tony Hawk. We use the goat emoji. And you guys know what that stands for, right? 
It's not the trivia question, but GOAT stands for greatest of all time. And really, if you look it up, LL Cool J coined that phrase. He named one of his albums that earlier in his career. So shout out to LL and uh, shout out to Pascal again for selling just an amazing truck. Big ups to, again, the buyer and the seller. So a couple other things that I wanted to cover. I did see the big homie Joel Crookshank. He says not too much to say other than it was an awesome weekend. Of course, they were at the grand finale. His truck managed to bring home a couple of awards, top three minis, best graphics. And uh, his truck, I think he said he's still got even more work to do. But, man, I tell you what, Joel, it looks fantastic. I'm super stoked for you. And I was a little skeptical in the beginning because you remember I said, yo, you're tearing apart this super nice truck. What are you doing, man? Don't do it. You know, here I am trying to kind of get in your ear, so to speak. And you come back with a one-two punch and you lay it down and you're just doing a fantastic job. So, Shout out to my brother across the bay here. Can't wait to link up. Can't wait to see it in person. We got to do a feature for OLP YouTube page. Just saying. You know what I'm saying? And the last update that I wanted to mention was uh, Thad Cunningham. Just a great guy. Always supporting the scene. Talk about staying on the rise. He says getting some shine on the new garage floor. And, dude, that doesn't look like a garage. That looks like a palace, dude. I'm super stoked. We got to come up, dude, and just have a blowout up there. We'll bring Hank into town, kind of stroll in. Just literally, you know, he'll get the party cranked. But in all seriousness, man, we've got uh, we got a lot to look forward to, Thad. I can't wait to see more photos. And I'll tell you what, that floor just literally looks like a museum. Uh, I can't wait to see what you come up with a name for this place if you haven't already. Super sick, dude. Come on, just invite Hank and I up one weekend. We'll get a little crazy up there. <laughs> okay, the scene updates brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com. Place an order. The holidays are upon us. They have merchandise for children, for the ladies, and of course they have plenty for the guys or ladies. Sport trucks, mini trucks, full sizes, muscle cars. Garagegearclothing.com has it all. Hit them up. They do have free shipping, I think, on orders over $100 now. Garagegearclothing.com. Okay, the podcast update. So this one's short and sweet. And again, I said this earlier, the decks were inadvertently sent to the incorrect address. We do have them. And Mike is going to get those shipped out. I believe it's early this week. So I know it's going to cut it close for Christmas. But I just want to say thank you guys. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, we will have some uh, that are not sold. If, if they're not sold by the time Eastbound Get Down comes around, we'll be out, of course, next month. January, and we'll be slinging merch in uh, the Daytona area, the greater Daytona area at Destination Daytona. So if you haven't got a skate deck yet and you want to get one, you can buy them online. We do ship those. The shipping's not cheap, so we appreciate everybody that has uh, ordered those. It's more cost-effective if you buy more than one, hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, But again, you can link up with us at Eastbound Get Down, also known in my mind as EBGD, Eastbound Get Town, 2023, of course, next January. The podcast updates is brought to you by Graphics Mafia. If you need stickers, or maybe you're going into this new year and you're like, yo, I had some stickers I need to re-up, but I don't know who to go to, go to Graphics Mafia, G-R-A-P-H-I-X Mafia.com. My wife even hit up Buddy the other day and said, yo, Buddy, I need some stickers. I want to get some made for my girlfriends, little Christmas gift, kind of gag type deal. Can you do one, two, three? And he said, yo, what you need, Mrs. ODB, 
and he laid him down for her, and he shipped him out already. So he's a good dude. Oh, I think he even accepts the cash app, and, and I think it went down in the DM. The whole thing did, including the cash app transaction, but hit up graphics, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. Now, before we talk to Jeff and we do a little bit of trivia with Jeff as well, we'll talk more Christmas, I do want to just give a couple of the Airhead Nation updates. So uh, here's a few that I have. I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Custom Car Show Productions and someone that is literally at the helm there with her mom, Tammy, uh, Lauren Miller. So their newborn is here. Baby Brentley is a week old and officially 5 pounds, 6 ounces. So I know... Your dad's looking down, Mr. Greg Miller, the man, the myth, the legend, and he's so proud of you guys. So congratulations. Uh, my only advice to you is just know after the first eight weeks, it does get a lot easier, okay? Depends on how <laughs> how much the baby cries at night, but just know it does get easier. And I'll tell you what, it does fly by in the blink of an eye. Hang in there, Lauren. Uh, love what you guys uh, you know have going on in your lives. Uh, the big homie, Jason Hardwood, uh, he says, please uh, keep my Jess in your thoughts and prayers. She's in an ambulance headed to the burn center in Augusta, Georgia. Love you, baby doll. I'm headed that way. That was on the 9th. Um, I think he has posted a couple of updates here. And I think she, I believe she's okay from my understanding. And um, I just don't have an update. So just keep them, you know, these guys, they're always at shows. They're always looking out for people. They're always giving as much as they can, especially at mini nats. So I hope she's going to be okay. Uh, speaking of garage gear clothing, really Crystal Ford's holding it down over there. And I know Lonnie said, happy anniversary, babe. I couldn't imagine doing life without you. And they're just such a great couple. Ian, we got Johnny Garage Johnson. He says, today I've been on this planet for 52 years. But uh, he says, we celebrated 26 years of marriage this year. From this point on, I've been married to his wife, Corey Johnson more years than he wasn't. So I love the numbers. I love how you broke it down there. It's pretty crazy to think about that. And uh, I recently heard in a rap song, it was like talking about today's the youngest you'll ever be. And I kind of thought about that for a minute. I was like, well, you could spin it and go, well, no, I was younger yesterday. But if you think about your life where you're at right now, you'll never be any younger than you are right this moment. So Get out there, like I always say, live life, do what you love. You know what I'm saying? Now, speaking of the Airhead Nation updates, this is what we're going to start calling our long-distance dedication. And this came from a big supporter of OLP. He says, I'm writing you about a special lady I think about every day. You see, a little over 30 years ago, I got up the courage to ask her to a school banquet our senior year of high school. We went on a date, and I can't remember how it came up. Maybe it was my high school ride that was a slammed Nissan Hardbody. But the conversation ended up her telling me she had copies of mini trucking magazines and had wanted her dad's Square S10. That night, I jokingly asked her to marry me. We were class of 91 and began a love affair the next year that ended up with us getting married December 19th of 1992. Now, you know he was rocking out to the chronic. I know he was. We decided early on it was important to tell each other, I love you, but was even more important to show it. This year, we celebrated 30 years marriage together and showing our love to each other. Casey Kasem, he means ODB. 
would please play More Than Words by Extreme. Tim and Dawn, here's your long-distance dedication. So, that's a little bit of fun, right? And Tim baked in mini-trucking because Diggity Dawn, she was rocking out with the mini-trucking magazines, okay? And we got to find out if that was the truth or if she just knew how to ring them in. You know what I'm saying? So, good catch, y'all. Love it. And thanks for being our first long-distance dedication. Airhead Nation updates brought to you by our family at CS Metalworks. You can go to cs-metalworks.com and uh, find more information, see some of their work. They're also on Instagram at CS Metalworks. If you need AccuAir, maybe you need some universal air, hit up Chris Burns. Again, at C underscore S underscore Metalworks altogether. And uh, hit them up. Let them know what you need. Let them know that ODB sent you. So Jeff we're going to call him shortly. And again, Jeff is a big supporter of the podcast. He's also the guy that gave me the Thriller cassette tape, which I needed for the collection, so I can't thank him enough. We're going to call him shortly. Talk a little bit more Christmas stuff. He's also got a cool story that ties into a Christmas story movie, which is pretty cool. So we'll talk to him shortly. But before that, you know, we're talking Christmas on this episode. We're also talking The Chronic. And if you're a day one listener, on the 16th, you more than likely saw that I had posted the day before. On the 15th, that's the, well, before I say the anniversary, it's also Miggity Mike, the mayor's born day. So if you missed it on Thursday, shoot him a text, shoot him a message, however you get you know the word to him, or go on his Facebook and post something. I uh, wish Miggity Mike, the mayor, a happy born day. I know he's literally gallivanting away Another weekend, which, you know, I guess you could arguably be say your your born day weekend. You know, you can gallivant as much as you want. But, of course, Mike and Shannon rarely ever home on the weekends because they're always out doing stuff. They are out gallivanting this weekend. I don't know where to, but give them a huge shout-out. Shannon's born day was on Tuesday. Miggity Mike's is on the chronic anniversary, 12-15. And, uh, yeah, give them a huge shout-out. Now, I was going to do a whole episode. I wasn't able to link up with the guy that helped work on The Chronic and so many other albums. We seemingly never were never, were never able to record at the kind of the same time, but uh, he has worked behind the scenes in the music industry a long time, so I do hope to get him on sometime. Also, I'd like to get the uh, Daniel Jordan on, the, the guy that took the photos of Dre. I did talk to him back in September on the phone, and that will kind of tie into this quick update. Eh, quicker update that I'll provide. But if you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I've done some episodes where it's like the whole episode's the chronic. I think I did one, you know, maybe possibly for the 25th. I, I remember doing one, the chronic relit, and I would just cover things that maybe were lesser known facts or the top 10 things you may not know about the album. But here's what I want to cover on this episode. So th- this is the 30th anniversary. So back in 1992, Death Row Records basically kicks off their existence to a certain extent with the launch of The Chronic. That's the uh, the first album that drops on their label. Now, of course, 
some of you remember, and it, it, it's unfortunate this that the 187 track isn't available to stream. It hasn't been for a long time. I think Solar owns the the rights to that, and it fell on the Deep Cover soundtrack. That track came out, I think it was April of 92, and you could argue and say, hey, that kind of kicked it off. Of course, that was Dre that was you know introducing Snoop to the world, and absolutely, there's no denying that. But you got to remember, that also is not on uh, Death Row Records technically, uh, although you can f- find the song basically not streaming 100%. Not only has all the Death Row stuff been pulled down since earlier this year when Snoop was BODR back on Death Row, he announced that. But 187 has has never been able, you know, it's never been available to stream as far as I know. I've never found it, and I uh, use both Spotify and Apple Music. Those are the big ones. I know there's there's a couple others out there. Maybe it's out there on um, the streaming service that Jay-Z was kind of tied into. I don't know. But for the most part, let's just say, hey, it's not available to stream. So when the Chronic comes out, it basically comes out less than a month after Nothing But a G Thing comes out. So November 92, I didn't really post about this. I mean, I sometimes, you know, in some years I'll post a bunch. Time goes by, and then I'm like, eh, you know, I don't want to post this year. But on, um, I really should have, but on 11 19 92, so 1 1 1 9 1 9 9 2, right? If you break down the calendar, it's kind of a cool date. They, uh, Death Row Records drops nothing but a G thing, right? So we, many of us grew up seeing that video over and over on MTV hearing it, blasting it out the cassette players, out of the speakers with the CD, whatever you had. That song is really like an all-time classic. So really, you could argue and say, well, Death Row Records kind of kicks off on 11-19-1992. Fourth quarter, that was always important for the record industries to launch their you know, their, their bigger albums then. Uh, a lot of movies come out around that time. You know, it's just a, it's a time period where people are spending money. They're going to the movies. They used to a lot. They would buy, you know, go to the mall. They're buying gifts. They're spending money. Bottom line, but basically, the uh, the track comes out November 19, 1992. Now, I did post early in November this year. Uh, I have based upon what they call the clapper board. So, the, in the movie industry, they've got those little boards that go all right. You know, quiet on set, all right, boom, right, action. And that clapper board typically is going to have, you know, what scene it is, and and that's how they would kind of stitch together things back in the day. They'd say, okay, well, this is the next piece we need and whatnot as far as film. And um, I did post, they recorded the video in, they recorded the video like the first week in November. So uh, the one behind the scenes screenshot that I had was basically, you know, kind of confirming, I think it was like November 7th, right? So the way things worked back then is, you know, things were, you know, pretty much like boom, boom, boom. You know, the song would have been recorded or would have been released, you know, coming up. They would have, you know, recorded the video and submitted that to MTV and these different, you know, outlets, if you will. And so basically November kicks off and then December on 12-15, 1992, the album drops. And Again, if you go back or you're interested in this album at all or you want to hear more facts, go back and listen to those other episodes. In fact, on our YouTube channel, I've cleaned it up a lot and I have a playlist out there that says Death Row Tie-In. So anything that has ever been published that has still uh, stood out there on YouTube, 
you can go out there. Uh, any of the videos I make that tie in the Death Row Records, I will dump or, or basically tie those videos to that playlist. So any of the episodes that are still out there, I think some of them would get pulled down if I use copyrighted music. That's why I kind of stopped that. But for the most part, you'll see a few out there. If you're on Podbean, the other trick is you can go to OLP and then you can search the episode. So you can type in like Chronic, for instance, and it should pull up through Podbean app any of the episodes where I mentioned the Chronic, like in the title as an example. But basically, I'm not going to rehash all of that stuff. You know, you guys know I love this album. The few things that I was going to cover that are kind of that were newer revelations to me or things that we figured out or I figured out. Number one, I talked about not too long ago when I went out to California. The quick summary of that was I got a chance to talk to Daniel Jordan. I met Michael Gilbert Lopez and we had him on the podcast. He's a photographer. I met him through YouTube because I commented on his video because he's friends with Daniel Jordan that took the photos of Dre. It was always intriguing to me because it was this other photographer that had claimed that his shots were used for the cover of the chronic. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem right, but whatever. So Michael was 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 cool enough when I commented to actually go and ask his, his friend Daniel to say, hey, there's this guy on YouTube. He's a big fan of this album. He was curious. Do you recall where you took those photos? And of course, Daniel Jordan goes, yo, I remember because I was, I was basically living at this uh, facility. I don't, I don't know, some sort of like an apartment type thing, maybe for creators. I, I don't really know the exact behind the scenes, but he goes, I remember exactly where I took the photos because I was living there. And at the time, and I think they have like a studio inside. They take the photos on the indoors, uh, the, the one obviously for the chronic, and then they go outside to take the Lowrider photo. So because of that YouTube video, and then because I comment, and Michael goes and talks to his friend Daniel, who was in that video talking about that shoot, basically that gave me the address to where the chronic was shot. And then I spent a good amount of time. It wasn't just some quick find. I went on Google Maps, and you can go out on YouTube again, and you can I, I, I talk about all this, and the time that I spent, and I was able to line up based upon using the time machine feature, whatever you call it, on Google Maps, and kind of going back, maybe I think to like 2007 I could go back was the furthest, but because they had built some high-rise deals, you weren't able to line it up in today's you know world. So by using Google Maps, I was able to go back and kind of line it all up. So I did all that, and I was like 99.999% sure I had it lined. And then the Thursday, Friday that I was in California, Daniel had called and left a voicemail on my phone when I was driving. And he goes, yo, it's Daniel Jordan trying to get a hold of Jason ODB. You know, he had watched a couple of the YouTube videos. So like he was like, yo, man, uh, give me a call. So we exchanged a couple texts, and I called him later that afternoon or that evening time. And I had left that location earlier in the day. So it was ironic that although he had reached out, when he had given that tidbit of information on where the album was shot, I had basically done all the legwork and I had figured it out. And then what he did when I sent him one of the teaser photos, he goes, yep, you you know, you know, got it. That's that's exactly where the car was. So it kind of made me feel good that the work that I put in, <laughs> you know, if he would have came back and been like, yo, dude. You're like three streets off. I would have been like, damn, dude, let's let, let's call a timeout here. But in all seriousness, I got to thank Daniel and Michael for that connect. So that was kind of cool. If you think about uh, pop culture the way it is, uh, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube 
where you know people are doing movie site locations, they're doing old album covers. I mean, that stuff has just the allure of it has really, really grown. Uh, there's people that I mean have figured out all kinds of stuff, and most of the time it goes back to the photographer who took said photo. And as you'd imagine, as we all get older, and you know people get older and they're kind of you know their minds, they they might lose their memories and maybe they pass on at some point. Some of that stuff is kind of a lost deal. You'll never figure out some of it, but with good people like Daniel and with Michael, we were able to locate this one. So that was kind of, I think, the big thing, like a, a kind of a feather in the cap, so to speak, on, hey, this is a monumental album, kicks off Death Row. I mean, nobody had really ever figured that out. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% sure on it. Daniel kind of indicated, he kind of indicated to me that you know he he had never been asked that. So uh, I do think probably I was the first one to kind of figure it out. Of course, he knew where it was at, but he's he wasn't so much into the pop culture stuff. And I'm sure if somebody asked Dre, hey man, remember back in late October, early November, 1992. Uh, where did you go to get those photos? I mean, imagine how much stuff they've been through in their life and photo shoots and music videos and, and award shows. I mean, they're not going to remember. So again, I think it was kind of a cool thing. So that's one thing that we were able to figure out. And again, if you're hearing this for the first time and you want to find out more about that, go on our lifestyle podcast, AKA OLP YouTube channel, subscribe, and then check out the playlist on there. Anything that's still there that hasn't been taken down that uh, ties in the death row records, you'll see that video. And I think I maybe did two. I did a video maybe post where I talked about how I found it and you know what I did to nail it down. And then I think I did a video um, when I was physically there. So I think there's two out there. So check them out. Now, in addition to that, um, I was able, I was privy to see some notes and some things from different executives. I mean, even like Steve Berman and some of these guys, for Eminem fans, you'll hear, you know, you'll remember Steve Berman was on some of the skits. Uh, some of these notes and whatnot were from like October 92 when they're getting ready to launch the album. And there wasn't a lot of revelation from it. I mean, there's some cool stuff. The big thing was the 187 track really was going to be on the chronic. And I think some knew that, you know, it's, it's, you know, we probably assumed it. I mean, really, I thought it should have been. And um, it was basically pulled because more than likely the backlash of, you know, with ice T song, with body count, and some of the things that were going on, it, it just was, uh, you know, with the riots and all that stuff, it, it there was a lot of tension in the air, so to speak. So the 187 track is really a classic. I mean, the beat on it is one of um, one of the dopest beats. And, and I mean, it's just, it's super sick. You'll hear people freestyle over it all the time and things like that. So that track again was on deep cover. It came out April 9, so 4 9, 1992. And it was 1-8-7, just you know, boom, just the number. Now on the album, they were gonna call it 187 um, which was kind of a, a term, you know, like you know, we're gonna take um out, you know, 187 um. Uh that was what it was gonna be called, you know, in terms of the title on the song. And it it does go on to appear in uh, a couple of different things. I know there was like a promo CD, there was the vinyl, but if you own any of the Death Row, the best of, you know, they towards the end of Suge's reign there, uh, before the the bankruptcy proceedings and things like that, we're talking like kind of early 2000s, you know, Suge was kind of like, you know, they were on this ca- kind of cash grab, right? 
So they'd put out, you know, the Tupac, you know, new mix or whatever, these weird spellings, but it was Tupac and it would sell. Well, they did the same thing with some of these best ofs. There's uh, one or two best ofs out there, and I think, you know, even Best Buy would have the exclusive that would have like one extra track. Kind of collectible now, you know, it's kind of hard. It's getting a little harder to find the stuff. Uh, usually end up paying 20, 30 bucks for one of those CDs uh, if it's something even from the 2000s because they're kind of a little bit more rare, I guess. But you will see the 187 uh, track will, will pop up on some of those. Uh, there, It was also, I think, on the 1 Million Strong, which was a, a 1995 hip-hop uh, compilation. I remember when that, that thing came out. Uh, it was, I think, on Dr. Dre Chronicles Death Row Classics. So that was another thing that Death Row had put out where it was like De- um, Dre's you know, best of type thing. And... Um, so it it was listed around, you know, it, it kind of was on a few of those things. Now, if you go on the internet and you type in, or or more specific like YouTube, if you type in um, 187 Remix, if you've never heard this, there is the Dr. Dre 187 Deep Cover Remix. That's a pretty cool one to check out. And again, it was on the, um, I think the Death Row one was the the singles collection. So, you know, on the singles, a lot of times there'd be like a B-side or there'd be a different one, two, three, four, five different mixes of a track. So, you know, a lot of times people would go out and buy like a Tupac single because it maybe it had these other mixes of the song that you'd never get to hear. A lot of that stuff, if you don't have it on a tape or CD or vinyl, you never get to hear it. Some groups like Naughty by Nature have done a good job of going back in the record labels, taking all of those singles that have been launched over the years and putting them on streaming so, you know, you can go back to the OPP single on Spotify and go, oh, yeah, here were the other mixes. Here's the instrumental. You know, here's the other stuff that, that you rarely kind of got to hear. Unfortunately, with Death Row Records, that that's out the door right now until they announce whatever they're going to do. Because when Snoop took over, for whatever reason, if they're trying to kind of figure stuff out or, I mean, I've, I've seen different uh, takes on this, but the music has all been pulled. Now, you could argue and say, well, yo, ODB, you know, Tupac's All Eyes on Me, that's out there too. Yeah, some of that stuff is because after Tupac's death, Death Row, I don't understand the legal proceedings that they just did this just to be nice, but they basically gave the rights of those albums to Tupac's estate. And I don't know if they just did that because they felt bad uh, or what, because, I mean, you would think, hey, a cash cow, when you think of All Eyes on Me and then Machiavelli, The Seven Day Theory, so... You know, again, getting back to the point, the bottom line is whether it's the 187 track or the Chronic, I mean, it's none of it's out there to stream, unfortunately. So uh, the Chronic in uh, one of the new videos that I posted, I kind of talk about my collection on uh, YouTube. And, you know, I talk about the cassette, the CD, vinyl. Those were really the only platforms it was available on. And then later on down the road, ironically enough, April 20th, ironically, 420, April 20 of 2020, it became available. The Chronic became available on streaming services. And that didn't last long because, again, what we've reinforced is it's on Death Row. And Death Row pulled all of the stuff, so you can't go out there and stream it. But there's an article on timeout.com. It talks about back in, let's see what it was here. Back in 2011, Dre won a legal case against his former label, Death Row Records, giving him control over 
future releases of The Chronic. So in 2015, the album became available via Apple Music, which I thought was iTunes at the time, but let's say Apple Music, which had bought Dre's company, Beats Electronics. You guys remember that? Uh, but stayed off iTunes and Spotify. So, uh, so iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal did not have it, but Apple Music did. The other big streaming services, of course, did not. Now, the uh, E1 distribution company had brokered a deal to make the album available all over at long last. So that was kind of cool because at the time, E1 Entertainment owned, and and I won't get into the whole bunny trail, but basically since the proceedings, the bankruptcy deal, uh, you know, Death Row has changed hands several times. Let's just leave it at that. And now Snoop and apparently other partners backers, financial guys, I don't know. There's several people that apparently own, of course, Death Row, and really all they're doing right now is launching new merchandise, which is kind of getting annoying, but it is what it is. Now, um, again, when it became available on 420, uh, it was available at 420, 2020, and that was on all streaming services, so it was kind of cool. So I do recall buying it I think when it became available in 2015 through iTunes, just to kind of have that digital version that I bought through iTunes. But for the most part, it's been removed now. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate because the other thing with it not being available to stream, you know, not that Dre needs money, but if you think about reels, like I want to be able to do a reel and pick nothing but a G thing or, you know, D's Nuts or one of these awesome tracks, uh, Let Me Ride, one of my favorite tracks of all time, but we can't because it's not available. Every once in a blue moon, if a song's like on a on a compilation, sometimes you can you can sneak a Snoop song from some weird compilation and you'll find it. But it's just not there. But again, after uh, I know some of you are going, well, hold on, all eyes on me. That was Death Row after Tupac's untimely death. Death Row, and I don't know what the insight is on this. They basically gave the rights back to the Tupac album. So All Eyes on Me and then Machiavelli that eventually would come out. So we're not talking like right when he passed, but I'm sure months after those rights were given back to the Tupac estate. So that's why you can go out on Spotify and you can stream Machiavelli. You can stream All Eyes on Me. And um, they recently re-released those on vinyl and things like that. But again, that's through the Tupac estate technically. And um, again, I don't know if they just did that as a nice gesture because they felt bad of Tupac's, you know, passing or if there was some legal behind the scene type stuff when someone passes. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. But bottom line is I think that the main things I can kind of give you updates on this year is we I was able to locate where the album cover was shot. Of course, that was taken inside the quote lowrider photo taken outside with the Impala and Dre that was taken right outside that same building. Daniel confirmed that he took it. He did also confirm that there was a whole other concept that they had for the album. He shared a couple teasers. I'll probably have shared some of those now on um, the anniversary. I kind of want him to do it because he shared some teasers and, you know, it's kind of his deal. Uh, so I don't want to steal his thunder. But hopefully some of that will come out even further. Maybe he'll, you know, launch some, uh, some photos available to purchase, maybe some autograph deals. I don't know. But I tell you, Seeing the stuff was cool, kind of involves a straight jacket. You know, M was in a straight jacket and Hi My Name was. I know Easy e had that famous uh, photo shoot with a straight jacket and things like that. But bottom line is, 
I think when you think about the chronic, you know, you think about low riders, you think about early nineties, I think of, you know, ice cube today was a good day. All of that era, you know, easy before that cruising down the street in my six foe, all of that stuff kind of came together in the West coast. I mean, really had that G funk sound emerging, but it also had the car culture, right? Uh, we would see in the different videos, remember in gin and juice, you know, you've got uh, forget if it was an old Impala or whatever, where it looks like smokes coming out of it. And, you know, they're, they're partying and, and that whole thing. And then the murder was the case soundtrack comes out and it's got an Impala on the cover and things like that. So again, the car culture, the low riding, the G funk sound, all of that stuff really came together in the early nineties. And, um, you know, it's hard to believe if death row, if you look, let's say they launched November of 92, you know, just a few years later, let's say five years later. So nine, two, three, four, five, six, five years later, Tupac's dead, Dre left in March 96, he was gone, and the record label was kind of just, you know, the wheels were falling off at that point, and they put out a few more things, uh, there's some gems, you know, absolutely, but I think, like, basically you had about a five, six-year run, because in 91, they technically formed, and they start recording the chronic, and all that stuff, so bottom line is, you know, you had about that five, six-year run, and, you know, some people call it the greatest hip-hop label of all time, that's for you guys to judge, you know, we'll see. But anyways, that's all I got for the chronic. I know that was a lot, the 30th anniversary. And this is um, presented this week by her friends at uh, the West Coast Influence. If you're a mini trucker, check out minitruckfilm.com, especially if you want to hook up your significant other with a stocking stuffer, minitruckfilm.com. There's a documentary style film surrounding the mini truck scene, and that is called the West Coast Influence. They also have a couple die casts available. Uh, hit up minitruckfilm.com and place your order today. All right, I think now we're going to call Jeff. We'll talk to him a little bit about some Christmas stuff. He's a good dude. I hope that you guys will rock with us through this. And and I think I'm going to sneak in a trivia question with him. And uh, shout out to AccuAir. If you're looking, as you go into the new year, to upgrade your suspension, air management in particular, uh, hit up AccuAir.com. I was just on their website. They have all different price points. You can start low and build up, plug and play, or you can even pick up some merchandise. AccuAir.com. Big shout out to the big homies over there. With that being said, I know this kind of was a, you know, an episode that's bounced back and forth a little bit of the topics, Christmas and chronic. I mean, how could I come up with that? But I appreciate you guys. We got a jam-packed episodes coming up for the next two. And then we're going to sail off in the sunset to 2023. So we'll see. You guys have a great weekend. Uh, this is the last weekend, I think, before Christmas, kind of. Christmas is the following weekend, but you know what I mean. Uh, happy Born Day to Shannon and Biggity Mike. Appreciate them, even though they're gallivanting. Stand the rise, y'all, and stick with us the rest of this episode. Yachia. Peace. Hey, hey, so he picks up on the first uh, ring. I just want to welcome Jeff Kelly. How you doing? Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. What's up, ODB? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And thanks for the Thriller cassette. We just celebrated the 40th anniversary of that. And then today we're recording this. It's the 30th anniversary of The Chronic. So you know I love my numbers. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Hey, I wanted to get you on because this is, this is kind of the Christmas special. We talked a little bit about The Chronic as well, but... I thought it was kind of interesting. Did you want to just share with us? Because my understanding was you grew up in the town or right, or, or right around where the Christmas story actually was based upon, right? 
Yeah, for sure, man. So I grew up in Hammond, Indiana, which is actually the town that um, Gene Shepard grew up in, which is the guy that wrote um, In God We Trust, Others Pay Cash, which was the basis for the Christmas Story movie. So I was right between Chicago, Illinois, and Gary, Indiana, which I'm sure most of the listeners are going to know those two towns or cities, excuse me. Yeah, when you watch, I mean, it's it's a classic. We, I guess next year is the 40th anniversary because I think it was 83. When you watch that movie, it's got to bring back some memories. Do you remember any of the specific? I mean, I know, like, for instance, it wasn't necessarily where they filmed it, but there's got to be some tie-ins, maybe the little store and things like that. I mean, does any of that bring back memories? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, the in the scene in the movie where he's first seeing the Red Rider BB gun in the window front, um, that was actually a, a, a store in town called Goldblatt's. Okay. Um, in the movie, it's called Higby's, which is an actual t- um, store in Ohio where they filmed it. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Now, do you think, like, history like that, is that small town, is it kind of preserved, or what's the deal with a lot of that? Unfortunately, that whole area has pretty much been bulldozed by now. Um, a lot of that area has been reclaimed by a, a hospital that's downtown and a church that's down there. But a lot of the old um, old town's all gone, unfortunately. Really? Now, when you think back to one of your maybe favorite Christmas movies, I mean, what what would you say if I had to put you on the spot and ask you, what would be your favorite Christmas movie? Is it that one? Oh, yeah. Christmas Story, hands down, favorite Christmas movie. Always has been, always will be. In the 80s, I remember growing up watching it, and I thought to myself, I, I, you know, I was younger, and you know, we didn't get to buy movies and things like that. We didn't go to the movies too often, but I, I never knew. I guess when I was younger, here's what I'm, what I'm thinking. I always thought there was like an old movie, if that makes sense, right? Because nobody, you know, when I was younger, nobody said, "Oh, this movie is only four years old," you know, in 1987. I always just assumed it was quote 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 unquote an old movie. And when I go back and rewatch it now, that's the feel, that's the vibe. Of course, it takes place, I think, like in the 30s or 40s or something like that. Yeah, for sure, it definitely has that vibe, you know. And watching a movie like that, you know, back in the '80s, it definitely definitely had, you know, a different twist on it from from a lot of other movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now I was gonna bring this up uh, since Mike's, you know, out gallivanting. The one thing that I think was interesting here's a, a fun fact for everyone: in the National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, uh, uh, an Easter egg in there is when Aunt Bethany ple- uh, leads the pledge of or the pledge of allegiance. Uh, there's different, you know, different generations. I don't know how many people know this, but different generations recite it differently. Uh, Aunt Bethany admits under God because that phrase wasn't added until get this 1954. So everyone who learned it before 54 never said under God. And I always thought that was kind of a nice little tie in there because of the older generation. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely been uh, a change in generations from the way things are done. Yep. Yep. Now, You've been a fan, really quick, I do want to ask you this because I know our time is limited, but you've been a fan of the mini truck scene and stuff like that in general as well, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, been around the scene since the late 90s, early 2000s. I had a static Sonoma for a while, got rid of that, and then got in the import scene for a little bit. And uh, just then last three years, just before COVID hit, I got a bagged and body dually. Damn, that's awesome, dude. Um, when Casey, I think you had linked up with Casey, that's how at Eastbound Get Down this year, he had given me that Thriller cassette. I really appreciate that you had hit me up and you said, yo, I got something for you. When you saw him, what, do you get a chance to go out to like Camp and Drag and those type of events or how did you link up with him? 
Yeah, I met up with him at Camp and Drag, um, not this year, the p- previous year. So that's where I met up with him. Very he was cool. actually going to bring me my dually from Florida, but um, Michael Johnson ended up bringing it to me. He was the previous owner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's had all kinds of cool stuff. Now, I'm trying to remember, was that the red one? Yep, that's the red one. Yeah, he's built some pretty crazy stuff. And, um, you know, it's just crazy the, the amount of cool stuff that he's had. Now, let me ask you this. I, I know our time, like I said, I know is a little limited. I was going to ask you, uh, I, got a, I got a trivia question for you. Do you. Are you willing to play along? And I kind of hope you get it wrong because I want to take the tick marks from Mike. <laughs> all right, let's see how I'll do. It's, it's all for fun, right? Now it's time to get serious. So oh, yeah. in um, now, listen, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of this movie called Elf, but in the 2003 hit movie Elf, there, do you have any idea or any guess what the four main food groups are for elves? I have no idea, to be honest. No problem. And I didn't realize this until I looked it up. It's candy, candy corn, candy canes, and syrup. And I thought to <laughs> myself, that's kind of Hank, Hank from Hammered Weekend Wear. That's kind of his diet. He's like oh, all sugar. Sure. You know, he's all sugar, dude. And, oh, and, yeah. And a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, my understanding is the weather's starting to change up there. What do you guys do when, I mean, mini truckers, I mean, what do you do in the winter, man? Uh, store them and or work on them in the garage if you got, if you got the chance. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. Now, here, so the next question I have for you is if you, if you had to pick, you know, we're kind of the Christmas theme here. If you had to maybe, what's it, maybe another one or two Christmas movies that you like? You know, are there any, other, uh, any others that come to mind? Uh, Jeff? Uh, I think the Santa Claus is one of my favorites. Yes. Yep. Classic. Now, what about Christmas Vacation? To me, in 89, they come out, kind of John Hughes umbrella, and they come out with that movie. And although, like, I go back and watch it, and I I still kind of get the same laughs over all the years. And I think that one's one that's always on people's uh, list. Oh, for sure. That's definitely a must-watch every season. Oh, yeah. Now, before we let you go, um, you know, being a mini trucker, part of the truck scene, having this dually, you know, getting excited about the new year. I know it's kind of winter uh, now for everyone, especially up north. But what are you most excited about, Jeff, as you kind of get, uh, you know, sideways into 2023? Um, probably just uh, spring coming and the, the season coming back around to cruise and hit, hit up shows again. Yeah, it's going to be good. And listen, because you're, you're up in that area, I do want to really plug and tell you guys – Listen, you know, we haven't even gotten into the new year, but if you are a fan of Camp and Drag, you know, Jeff will tell you good people behind it, you know, Bill, and um, I would highly suggest that you get up there at some point. You know, it's every July, and it's the dead of the summer, but it's up there. It's a nice, big, huge park, and uh, I think you would certainly agree. It's one of those, like, you have to, it's kind of like almost like a Woodstock for many truckers. Oh, absolutely. It's a definitely a must-it show. Um, I don't think I'll ever meet, uh, miss it again. And I actually fell out of the scene for a while, and it was the first show back, and I was very happy that I made it the show I came back to. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, they're just good people. It's a good time. You know, they they had their challenges, and they were able to kind of, you know, roll out a process that worked for everyone and made sure everybody gets in and has a good time uh, for the right reasons and whatnot. I think the last question I have for you is... I know you've been a supporter, so I want to thank you for a very long time. You've, you've been oh, you know, listening. Welcome. Was there any, do you remember, like, how did you find us? Was it just a post on Facebook? Or, I mean, had you been a, a longtime podcast listener? Like, in um, terms of just podcasts in general, or did you just find us? 
I remember hearing about you guys were going to come out a while ago um, when you guys were first coming around. And then I kind of, I don't know, I kind of misplaced the interest a little bit and then came back across you after somebody said, said something about it and started listening to past um, episodes and actually just binged it all the way from the last episode <laughs> I could find all the way to the newest ones. That's awesome, dude. Well, we certainly appreciate it, dude. Like, there's good people all around, you know, including yourself. And, like, dude, we always say this, you know, all of us make the scene go round. There's a lot of good people, builders, enthusiasts, podcasters, whatever you want to call us. But, dude, listen, man, let us be the first to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. I know it's snowing up there, and I know you got some appointments you got to get to. But thank you for taking a few minutes, man. Any last words, Jeff? Uh, just happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year to everyone listening and all the um, guys in the Airhead Nation. Hey, thank you so much, dude, to you and your family. Be safe, dude, and uh, don't do anything Hank Norris wouldn't do. <laughs> Not a problem, ODB. You have a good one. Thanks, Jeff. Take care, brother. Thanks, brother. Later. So there you have it. Kind of a quick pull-up. I knew Jeff um, didn't have a lot of time. I did want to mention this. For those that didn't know, he was actually in a car accident about three months ago. He had shared with me a car was totaled, I believe, that he was driving in. So he's kind of been going to some doctor's appointments and things like that. Um, but I tell you what, I've always wanted to link up with him, even just for a few minutes, because he's a good dude. And then when we were chatting one day, he's like, yo, I got a little bit of a story um, you know, that kind of, kind of tie in a little bit to uh, a Christmas story. So I said, hey, let's get you on. And uh, let's talk about it. So uh, good stuff there. I did post, and I think, like I said earlier, as I wind this down here, again, it's kind of going to be a shorter episode. I've got some other stuff uh, that I'm you know, trying to get done this week, family thing and all of that. Works a little busy uh, as we get ready for a couple of days off. Um, you know, Hopefully, you guys will get a chance to spend some time with your, your friends and family. But uh, I did want to just kind of reinforce that we appreciate everyone. Over the next week or so, I mean, I'm going to be posting some throwback stuff uh, on the Chronic. Uh, you know, for um, December 15th, I did post a couple of things. And um, I think you'll see some more nostalgic things. The Toys R Us ad I printed was from like November or posted was from November uh, of 87. And I think back and I was like, well, hold on, 87, 35 years ago. Like just insane, dude. So... You know, I just think to myself, it's crazy how fast time flies. When I posted the chronic, so I'm kind of finishing this audio late in the week. You know, typically I'll try to get it done, um, you know, a little quicker uh, in the week, but it's just been a kind of a busy one. And when I posted it, I mean, a lot. Of, I think it hits when like something from your younger your younger days where, you know, you're like, Hey, yeah, I remember the chronic. I remember that came out whenever I was a kid. And then you're like, wait a minute, 30 years ago. So I had some people commented like, damn, like, wow, has it really been that long? So uh, good stuff. And uh, again, you know, we appreciate the engagement when you guys comment on our YouTube or our Instagram or our Facebook posts, it, it really goes a long way. And we appreciate that. Now I do want to give a huge shout out to charm city interior, Matt Reynolds, Big Dog Customs, Eric Fulber, and Weldmore Fab, Nick. Uh, they're really good people, and I know they've been helping out our good friend of ours, Randy. Randy Frederick, who is is really jamming away on a, a very cool project. I think when you think back to January 93, that's all I'm going to leave with you, you'll think back to some epic times, and that's going to tie in very nicely to something that's going to come out 
next year. So we'll leave it at that. Might be more than I should be saying, but I'm super stoked for just someone that I become you know good friends with, someone I can call a brother, and uh, someone that's always got our back here at OLP. So we're we're stoked for him. He knows who we are. Uh, he knows who he is. I should say. I did want to uh, close and say I appreciate Jimmy at Jimmy's Running Customs. I've been on the list a while. Um, although, if you really slice and dice it, I did take Bada Bing over there like February of 2021, which is kind of almost two years ago. Uh, so that kind of originally would have been when I could have slid the Lincoln in. But we had talked and we did a huge punch list on it. I talked about that in the past. So enough of that with that. But... I did get a chance to bring the 64 Lincoln Continental over to Jimmy's Running Customs last weekend, and I've only seen one teaser photo of kind of the project coming together. I don't want to share too much. I kind of like to share things once they get done, you know, instead of talking about, hey, I want to do this. You know, obviously, I had shared some things, you know, the rendering and things like that in social media, but parts-wise and actually getting the work done, I'm super, super excited about it. And, um, you know, Jeff at Devious Customs, he was the guy that really kind of put together a package for me to be able to buy the air suspension, uh, the the components themselves. Jimmy's installing those. Chris at CNS Metalworks sells me the universal, uh, tank, universal air tank and things like that. Ryan and the guys at AccuAir, you know, they kind of pulled together some things. I mean, again, it's been kind of a group effort. And... Um, you know, things aren't cheap these days. So, you know, you got to kind of save up, you got to kind of plan things the best you can. So that's what I've been trying to do. So uh, we uh, definitely uh, are excited about this kind of coming together. And I'm hoping to have it at Eastbound Get Down, uh, which is going to be next month. We're, I guess, one month away, give or take, uh, as of this weekend for EBGD. And I have been roped in about going out there. I haven't gotten a room yet. So, you know, if any of the big homies from Low Bros or Severed or someone's got a room and they want to kind of split a deal, I'd probably be willing to do that. Not sure if I'm going over Friday or if I'm going to gallivant over Saturday yet. So more to come on that. But um, certainly uh, excited about the car and, and, and hopefully getting it out to Lone Star Throwdown. Uh, I've registered the last couple years and, you know, things just haven't worked out. But this year, hopefully it will. And then uh, I want to thank Kirk from No Regrets, Florida. He did let me borrow his trailer. Uh, I sold my trailer not too long ago. Kind of not going to be dealing with that too often anymore, hopefully. But uh, I did sell my trailer, and um, uh, Kirk let me use his. And, dude, it was, like, flawless. We went over there on Saturday. He rode with me. That was awesome. And uh, after East or after Lone Star Throwdown, I am hoping to make it to Orange Beach Invasion with the car as well. So I got to kind of work all that out. I am going to slow down a little bit next year with um, going to the amount of shows. I mean, granted, we have a few that we're always earmarked in, including, you know, you go, I just named off January, February, March. Well, April, we're going to be at Southeast Mini Trucking Nationals, dude. One of the biggest, baddest shows uh, for mini trucks in the really in the world. And I would hope that no matter if you're in Australia, Japan, California, uh, anywhere, come on out to Baggy Valley uh, towards the latter part of April. We're going to be out there. It's going to be a damn good time. I am looking forward to getting the car up there. So, you know, that's like four months in a row with, with shows, you know, mostly out of state. Of course, Mike's here in the greater Daytona area in Florida. But 
you know, again, I'm going to try to balance it. We'll have some more news coming soon on what we plan for the podcast for 2023. I am ramping up some things. I'm super excited about some guests I've already locked in. So I think you guys are going to be excited about that. We're going to continue growing the YouTube side. That's really going to be a big focus in 2023. So there's a lot of uh, just great supporters that have watched and watched and watched. We're about 400 hours. Sounds crazy, I know. But you got to get the 4,000 hours watched. We're at about 3,600 now for YouTube, so we can start monetizing. We got to monetize something because I think when people look at uh, what we do, you know, with the merch and all that stuff, I mean, it, it's fantastic. But let's be honest: if, if you guys have ever tried to do the merch stuff, you know, you sell and then you buy more. It's kind of like an addiction, and uh, you sell, you buy more, you sell, you buy more, and there's always cool stuff that we're launching. But um, you know that. It, you know, is only going to go so far. So we want to continue to grow, uh, if we can, uh, the YouTube stuff in that space, and that's going to be important for us. The next couple episodes are going to be um, where we talk about the, the the best stuff that happened in 2022, including our favorite shows, or our favorite trucks, our favorite you know contributors, right? The people that really kind of got down. Uh, you know, this year in the scene and, and really did a lot. So we're super excited about a lot to, that we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks. Uh, shout out to everybody that continues to listen, especially if you listen all the way through. However you find us, continue to do it. We certainly appreciate it. You guys know that. Uh, hopefully I got all the advertisers in uh, for this week. You know, Graphics Mafia, CNS Metalworks, The West Coast Influence, Garage Gear Clothing, AccuWare, Joey at Get Decked, uh, Lone Star Throwdown, and of course, Hammered Weekend Wear, but we can't forget Custom Car Show Productions. Again, their next events are going to be Orange Beach Invasion for March and Scraping the Coast 20, uh, 21st anniversary in June. I talked about that at the beginning, so come on out, support the people that support us and support the scene. Just do what you do, y'all. Wish Mike was around this week, but it was his born day, so again, happy born day to him. Happy born day to Shannon. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We're getting closer to Christmas. Stay on the rise and drag those sleighs. We at you. Peace.